Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> You're in the bomb! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la you found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked the young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. 8.6 beer, intense by nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Tuesday, October 18. It is just a couple of minutes past 10 p.m. Eastern, and here I am in my basement. Uh, of my home in beautiful Villa Salle, Montreal, Quebec. How's everyone doing today? I'm greeted by uh, a message on YouTube as you're watching on YouTube live right now, and you can subscribe for free and tell your friends about it. Uh, we are airing live on YouTube. We're live on Twitter. We are live on Facebook. And I'm greeted by Montreal, Canada, who sends a message saying, Tony needs to use his wife's blanket. Now, he told me that even before I actually popped up on the screen. Uh, yes, that's right. Yesterday I talked about my wife. Um, she's got some kind of uh, blanket that, you know, it's kind of like a, like a, an infrared sauna, but instead of having a portable one, it's kind of like a blanket and it's got a, uh, I don't know, it's got a timer or whatever. She turns it on. She goes on for 10 minutes. She puts on my hoodie. She puts on my pants. Uh, she breaks out in a huge, huge sweat. And then she goes up and she takes a shower. I also mentioned that she's lost about 60 pounds in the last six months. And I've been getting inundated by messages from people today wanting to know the brand of this uh, infrared blanket uh, because I think what they thought was that she lost the 60 pounds in six months just by getting in the blanket and working on a sweat. No, there's much more than that. She uh, She's basically watching what she's eating, which is something that I'm not doing. And that's why she's losing weight, and uh, and I'm not. But anyway, the SICK Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. If you ship, as I put on my glasses, commercial freight and want to impress your boss with how much money you can save, get in touch with the logistics professionals at Energy Transportation Group. Email them at sick at shipenergy.com or visit their website at shipenergy.com. How's everyone doing today? The Canadians do not play today, didn't play tonight. They don't play tomorrow. They are going to host Andre Tourigny's Arizona Coyotes, who last night went to Toronto and won. Hey, by the way, I'm going to give you some of the scores now. Are people still interested in, I would think so, of the scores pertaining to the teams that are in the same division as the Montreal Canadiens, which is the Atlantic division? I have a good one. So the other day, I actually threw this out there. I gave out a couple of scores, 
And someone sent me a message and was not happy with me at all, basically saying, hey, this is not radio. I don't need to know the scores. I'm at work when I'm coming home. That's when I want to watch the games. And by you giving me the scores, you're spoiling it for me. I had to read the message like three or four times. He says, this person serious or what? Here's the deal. Whether it's live radio or live TV or a live podcast, what's the difference? You're finding out the score before with me before you're finding out by watching it or TV or radio. What the fuck? What, what, what are you? I'm going to tell you. Another person yesterday wrote to me and said, uh, you know what? I, I really like your podcast, but I don't like the time because I'm usually not up at 10 p.m. But before I went to 10 p.m. weeknights, I used to record three times a week and go live on Sundays. When I would record, they were uploaded probably about three hours later. By the time I recorded another one, you could watch them for another 24 to 48 hours. What's the difference? What's the difference now? I'm going live at 10 p.m. You have to go to bed. You can't watch it. If I was you, I would actually, you know, listen to it while going to bed or watching it while going to bed. And uh, it's perfect. You know what? If you set up a, a, a TV in your bedroom, hopefully a Sony TV, you watch the podcast between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m., and then you can go to bed. But anyway, if it's too late for you, just watch it the next day. What's the, what, what's the difference? I don't get it. I'm going to read as much uh, as many of your messages on YouTube as I can. Uh, Pierre-Luc Leblanc, Tony, your podcast is the best show out there, pound for pound. I don't care if it's a radio show or TV show. It's better than all of them. Thank you very much, Pierre. I really appreciate that. Um, with the way English sports radio is going, it's not saying much, but thank you. It was a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Let's be honest, though. I mean, they're not the same. I mean, let's put the cards on the table. I mean, in all humility, right? I mean, they're not the same, right? Um, the next time somebody tells you that everyone's replaceable, you could tell them the marinero told you. It's obviously not true. All right, okay. So now that we got some of the jokes out of the way and, and folks, relax. Uh, yes, there's always a little bit of seriousness in, in, in all my jokes, but they are jokes, right? Uh, J'ai inclus les shows en français aussi. No, there's many good ones en français. Merci beaucoup. Um, but, uh, you know, I got a couple of, no, no, don't get a big head. I, I'm joking. Let's, let's, in life, you have to learn how to laugh at situations and even laugh at yourself. That's something I have no problem doing. Hey, Eric Engels is going to be coming up and joining me probably in the, the next seven or eight minutes or so. There's plenty to talk about, of course, because once again, Caden Gooley was absolutely spectacular last night. He's been excellent through four games. Cole Caulfield has three goals in four games. He's got 25 goals in his last 41 games. He's got 39 points in his last 41 games since Marty St. Louis took over back on the 10th of February. Did Suzuki and Caulfield finally find the winger that they were looking for? Caulfield's team, uh, pardon me, Slavkovsky's teammates insisted that he do something in particular, which I'm going to talk about with Eric Engels. The Pittsburgh media, they were really blown away by Nick Suzuki yesterday. They talked about his vision and they talked about his hands and they compared him to a player, a former player in the National Hockey League, uh, that's a pretty huge compliment they gave him. Who am I talking about? You're going to have to stick around to find out. Kirby Doc was great in one department. He was absolutely terrible in another. And there are two Montreal Canadiens players who have so far have shown absolutely nothing. We're going to get to some audio from Suzuki, audio from Anderson, audio from Slavkowski. 
But you know what? I, I have to because I don't know if I'm going to do it after. I have to check back at Master Control with my buddy Agnello, my buddy Sammy Cavallaro, and maybe, just maybe, uh, Juliana and, uh, and uh, Rosa are there. Juliana and Rosa are not there. There's the six studios. Sammy's always excited. Agnello, let's see if he's got a little bit more oomph than he had last night. Uh, what's the story last night before the show? What did you do? You you ate three plates of pasta. You had a lot of carbs. You're you're about to fall asleep, or was it? Or was it me that was boring? Tell me now. It might have been you. Not and sure. Mosey too now. <laughs> hey, Mosey too now. <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue. I go to bed. Hey, Mosey too. How's it going, Tony? Uh, going very good. Uh, if you were Tony Marinaro and uh, you were out of his basement right now. What a beautiful setting like this, talking to guys like you and our fantastic, loyal listeners and viewers who have been listeners pretty much for the last 20 years and have followed over, and God knows how much I appreciate the support. Big time. Big time. Big time. Lots of support. A lot of uh, messages also coming in today regarding a comment that I made last night. Um, you know, a lot of our viewers were asking for a guest or two in particular, and we have several of them, right? We've already confirmed that Eric Engels of Sportsnet is a regular. Marc-André Perrault of TV Aspar is a regular. George Larac of BPM Spar is a regular. Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette is a regular. And there will be others that will join us from time to time but not from a certain company, uh, because it's not my doing. It's, it's not my doing. I, I called, I asked, and, you know, got back to me and said, you know, just can't. I was told this. And so that's okay. That's okay. Life goes on. Um, all right. Okay. So as far as um, the Canadians and uh, the teams in their division are concerned, uh, there was the Philadelphia Flyers. I, I got to tell you something. I didn't have the courage to put a dollar on this one, but I had a funny feeling about this game because John Tortorella was going back to Tampa to visit the Tampa Bay Lightning, his former team, a team that he won a cup with. And, you know, Tortorella is trying to impose the respect early on. His players, of course, are giving everything they have so far for him early on. I just thought that they were going to go to Tampa. They were going to try and do it for him. And guess what they did? The Philadelphia Flyers beat the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of three to two. So the Lightning drop points there. You're probably wondering about the Buffalo Sabres right now. They're in Edmonton. They're a couple of minutes into period number two. They're up by a score of two to one. As for a divisional matchup, the Boston Bruins and the Ottawa Senators, the Senators were winless. And tonight they were in front of their fans. And guess what? They scored seven goals. They beat the Boston Bruins by a score of seven to five. And uh, just like that, I lost in yellow and Sammy. Well, what what happened? Did we lose you? Is it a technical situation here? Or you just decided to leave? Decided to leave. You took over the whole show. No, no, no. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. <laughs> Even though you're the boss and you're the one who sends me my paychecks. It's supposed to be every two weeks, but uh, it's, it's, it goes on longer than that. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get into that. Um, There's no boss in the podcast. I, I will tell you. I will tell you when to leave the studio here. You you guys are, you're a big part of the show. You're okay. a big, big part of the show. Thank you. Appreciate People that. want you on in yellow. Okay. You, you know, you that. weren't overly entertaining yesterday, but 
you're a good guy. Thank you. And people connect with good people. They like you. Thank they you. really love Sammy for sure. Uh, Bob says LCCHS is upset. I have no idea why they would be. They should be pretty proud because I came out of LaSalle Catholic Comprehensive High School, graduated in 1990, and uh, told everyone then that I was going to have my own radio show one day, and I did for about 20 years. So I don't, I don't know why they're upset. Why they're upset. Uh, Norma and Tony's talks about the spa would have been on another level. It is something that I was planning to do a show with Norma from the spa, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime in the near future. Bring on Knuckles. I have contacted Knuckles, and we've been talking and going back and forth. And uh, I think it's a possibility that you see him on this podcast and a possibility that you see me on his, but I don't want to... I don't want to, you know, give up more information than that, even though I pretty much just gave you all the information that I had to give you. The Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by 8.6 Beer, Intense by Nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Other messages coming in, and we'll continue to get to them. Uh, if, you know, comment Sick if you like the Sick Podcast, okay? And I got to tell you something, folks. Here we are, Agnello, this is week number two for us, right? Yep. Tuesday night, we began one week ago tonight, right? Correct. It was the eve of the Montreal Canadiens home opener versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we had a show on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, last night on Monday, and tonight is our sixth show live in this time slot starting at 10 o'clock or right after the Canadians game, should the Canadians game finish after 10 p.m., all right? There's, there's a few things that we have to iron out, okay? It's not perfect. One of the things we've noticed, in all transparency, okay? I mean, I don't have to hide anything. I think you realized it. We noticed that when we were going to the phone lines, by the time I would say hello and the caller would actually say hello, probably like a good 15 seconds would go by or something like that. And there was a little bit of a delay, right? We were testing all day today. We think we have it ironed out and we think we fixed and resolved that situation. I hope. I'm saying we think because until we actually get to the first call and see how it goes, you never know. But I think we worked that out. As for someone yesterday, for whatever reason, not liking the fact that I had my phone in my hand, uh, I think they thought I was, I don't know, exchanging text messages with my neighbor, Fast Phil, to see where he's going for lunch tomorrow. It wasn't that. I had my phone in my hand because I was actually, I had the screen up on YouTube, and I was reading some of the messages that were coming in because we are broadcasting, you know, the, 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 web, the web stream that we use is not YouTube. You watch us on YouTube, and you watch us on Facebook, and you watch us on Twitter, but we use another web stream, okay? So anyway, today, uh, I won't have my phone in my hand. Look what I have here. Ta-da! There you have it, okay? So uh, it's on one of these stands, and Daniello and I were talking today, and uh, we're going to take it to another level because what I'm going to do, and I should have thought about this uh, in the first place, is I'm going to go out and get an iPad. Hey, did you see that today? The new iPads came out. Did you see that? AirPad Air? Is it a Mac Air? It's a, there's a, there's a, I think there's um no, the Air had come out already. If memory serves me well, there's a new Pro edition that came out, I believe, and a new regular edition. But the new regular edition 
is really good for drying and stuff like that and whatever it is, all right? I want to let you know the Buffalo Sabres have now gone up by a score of 3-1 to one in Edmonton versus the Edmonton Orders, all right? I think the mini would be the most practical in yellow. I think, the, much, mini, I think but, the mini would be perfect. But it's a much older generation compared to the – listen, I have a habit that I don't like buying old stuff. I always like to buy the most recent versions, like the new stuff. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. I just don't know how big it is going to be. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk Canadians. You'll let me know when Eric uh, Engels is going to join us? Eric is ready to come on. Eric is – okay, so I'll talk to you later then. Thank you. Let's talk to Eric now. Here he is from Sportsnet. Eric Engels, what's going on? Tony, you look so dignified with glasses on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got these at one of my favorite stores. Uh, they're very, very good, as a matter of fact. Uh, two pairs for like 25 bucks, but I'm telling you, they're the best ones I've ever had. The way I don't have to, I'm not going to give the store a plug, even though I go there pretty much three times a week. When they become a sponsor, I will. All right, okay. Speaking of sponsors, uh, the SICK Podcast is brought to you in part by LaCash. If the last time you went to LaCash was when the Habs had a 50-goal score, uh, or when the Habs won the cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Eric, uh, it wouldn't shock me if they have a 50-goal scorer this year. I wouldn't bet on it, but my God, Cole Caulfield has three goals in his last four games. Uh, that's an average of, that's on pace for 62. If you go back to last season, it's 25 and 41. That's a pace of 50. Like I said to Jean-Charles Lajoie earlier tonight on GC on TVA Sports, he won't get 62, and he probably won't get 50, uh, but those numbers don't lie. No, they don't, and he's not just a goal scorer. You know, that's kind of the stuff that I'm fo- focusing on right now, and I wrote a piece today for sportsnet.ca talking about how, I don't know if you've noticed this, Tony, but he's stealing a lot of pucks, um, and he's really effective as the second four-checker. Obviously, as the first four-checker, which he has to do sometimes as a winger in the National Hockey League, and especially with his speed, you know, he's not going to be quite as effective because he doesn't have a body like Josh Anderson or he doesn't have the grit potentially like Brendan Gallagher does uh, to make himself bigger than he actually is. But as the second four checker, part of the explosion in his stride now, like he's worked a lot on his skating and his strength, mm-hmm. he's getting to those spots faster and his reads, he's a lot more patient and he's, he's just reading the play so well that the puck's ending up on a stick after the first four checker goes in there. And it's, that's something that I don't know if a lot of people are noticing it, but he definitely deserves a lot of credit for it. And it, it's a part of a more complete game that you're seeing from Caulfield. And he can set up plays. He's a, he's an excellent playmaker. He's got really good vision. I always thought, Tony, before he came to the NHL, that one of the things I was most impressed about Cole Caulfield mm-hmm. was his ability to choose when to curl for a transition pass. Um, his, his reading of the play is elite level, and it's a big part of the reason why he's such a good goal scorer. It's not just that shot of his. Eric, having said all that, uh, he's improved this year. Like, we're only four games in. Like, he was a good player last year, but he's a better player this year. He's more than just the goal scorer. You can tell that defensive side of the game last year, and by the way, he's not going to be the first, and he won't be the last, to have a defensive game that probably isn't where it should be. Goal scorers usually, um, they kind of... Um, break out of their own zone before the puck is out of their own zone. They probably don't come back with the same tenacity as everyone else, hoping that there's a turnover and the puck and the transition game goes the other way. Uh, but there's certain things that you can do where you got to use your brains and use your smarts. Cole Caulfield's a better player already this year. He's a better player. And I mentioned to Jean Chalas, I talked about it before, 
Uh, fill me in on this one, Eric, because I know he's a better player. You know he's a better player. I know he's on pace to put up big numbers. You know he's on pace to put up big numbers. If you know and I know, clearly Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes knows. So we can scream while watching the games all we want to sign this guy who's on a contract of 880000 per year, and he's a restricted free agent at the end of the season. Eric, I would imagine at this point it's Caulfield's camp that is waiting. I don't. I wouldn't say that. You know, I spoke to Pat Brisson, who's his agent. Uh, he was in Detroit, and he was there to to hang out with his son. And I just, I, I talked to him um, about the Caulfield situation, whether or not he's heard from the Canadians, and they haven't had a conversation yet. Um, so I don't think it's that Pat is waiting to call them, or that they're waiting to call him. I just don't think there's a rush for either party here. You know, like I, I'm not at all concerned about these two coming together and signing a contract here. It's obvious that Cole Caulfield is going to be a Montreal Canadian. Um, he's at least here for all his restricted years and we'll yeah. see where it goes beyond that. I, I, I think it's hard to find a comparable for him, right? Like he does have this, like you said, 25 goals in his last 41 games, putting him on pace for, you know, 50 over an 82 game season. Um, you can you can look at it that way, but you can also look at the first 30 games of last season where he only scored one goal. Um, it, it's hard to kind of put it all together and decide exactly what the right number is. Also, the Canadian signed Suzuki to an eight-year, $63 million deal. And we know the goals are a premium, but if the Canadians are going to offer Cole an eight-year deal right now mm -hmm. with the cap potentially going up, as we found out today from Gary Bettman, at yeah. least $4 million dollars this coming summer and over 90 million the next summer. And you can guess as to where it'll go two, three, four, five, six years down the line. Um, you'd think that if Cole Caulfield is sitting there saying, I'm going to be a 50 goal scorer. And if you're going to sign me for eight years and the cap is going up, I'm going to want a number that's North of eight. Well, all of a sudden he's making more than Suzuki, you know, like it's, this is a complicated thing to figure out. Um, I think they're going to discuss multiple options here. And to me, you know, I think the sweet spot really could be a three-year deal between these two parties where Cole can have a graduating number that starts pretty decently and fills his bank account well, but also keeps the value intact for the Canadians so that they could sign some players as they get into their competitive window and take advantage of at least one year within there where they're paying him an amount that's a lot less than what he's likely to make. And it gives him the opportunity to cash in big if he's going to do exactly what he believes he can do and what they probably believe he can do. Eric, that's interesting that you bring up three years because pretty much everyone out there in the media, if you talk about Cole Caulfield, the first number that comes to mind for them is an eight-year deal. You max out on Cole Caulfield. You want to keep him here and Suzuki here as long as you can. Suzuki's under the eight-year deal. You keep Cole here, and you know that you got them both for eight years. Having said that, you said before uh, there's no rush. I think there's a little bit of a rush. Let me explain. Yes, Cole Caulfield's going to be a Montreal Canadian, whether it's anywhere between three years, eight years. He signs the three, then he signs another contract. They're out. He's going to be a Montreal Canadian for a long time. I agree with you a thousand percent. Having said that, Cole Caulfield is more the player when St. Louis took over than prior to St. Louis. He obviously yeah. was not that player. So we know who the real Cole Caulfield is. We, we agree on that. We, we agree on that, Tony, but yeah. the numbers are the numbers. And when you get into negotiations, it is about numbers. It is about comparables within your category and what you've done based on what other people have, like 
on what other people have done and you you're signing based on what they've done you're looking for comparable situations and so the numbers aren't necessarily in Cole's favor even if we know that what we saw from him since Marty St. Louis took over is much more the player that we know he is versus what we saw for the first 30 games of last season is but it's all to say this is what it is in a negotiation and and I think Cole right now if he's willing to sign for eight years um, yes, it would be at a number that would be more palatable for the Canadians than if he went another three years with a yeah. contract and then upped again. But he has he's on a different negotiation standpoint than Nick Suzuki was when he signed his deal because the cap is going up and not stagnant. So there's a lot to consider there. I don't when I say there's no rush, Tony. Yeah. What's Caulfield rushing for here? Like he, oh, I think yeah. he wants he wants to be here. There's no question he wants to yeah. be here. But what's what is the and, and oh, if I'm Caulfield, I wait and I continue to score goals. Yeah, and as far as the Canadians are concerned, they're not looking at it as like, whoa, if he if he keeps scoring a bunch of goals, this is going to cost us a lot more than if we sign him right now. They know what he is too, you know, and they expect that he's going to score a bunch of goals, and they're going to pay him for those goals and and pay him for future goals too. So, look, I think this will all get sorted out. Eric, if I, I can, I just don't yeah. think they want to pay him more than Suzuki. And what happens if he scores? 46 goals this year and picks up more points than Suzuki. He and Suzuki both have the same amount of points, 39 points in the last 41 games. I know you tackled it by saying that the cap is going up $4 million and the cap's going to go more higher than that even the year after that. So based on that, logic will tell you that Caulfield could get more than Suzuki. I just think that Suzuki should be the guy that has the highest number uh, because he's the best player on the team. And and if we're talking today, you're definitely right. Unfortunately, when you're talking about an eight-year deal moving forward, uh, Caulfield has to project, and Caulfield's agent, Papri Saul, has to project into the future and what it could mean, and goals are a premium in this league. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, A lot of people will say, why don't the Canadians do this as soon as possible, as if they're going to save money and keep them at a number that's under Suzuki. But if I'm Pat Brisson and I'm Cole Caulfield and I believe in myself, I'm not taking that. Now I'm not taking the number that Nick Suzuki signed at to get to, to get an eight year deal right now, because I don't, I, I still think an eight year deal will be on the table for him, whether it's now or in three years from now or two years from now. Uh, and it'll be a lot more lucrative than what he would sign for if it was today, just based on what happened over those 30 games last year and what he compares to in terms of other players in the league that have signed deals. Yeah. So it's look at J, uh, what did Jason Robertson end up doing in Dallas? Yeah, yeah he waited. Goals were. Yeah, he waited. And what's what's his deal look like? We should pull up cap friendly. Maybe our maybe our friends I, in the studio can I think, pull yeah, up. Yeah, Agnello and, and Sammy and Master Control. Like if you could pull up uh, capfriendly.com and take a look at Jason Robertson's number. Uh, I don't want to guess it. I, I have a feeling I know what I, I don't want to guess it. I don't want I don't want to guess it either. That's why I'm not I'm not saying it, but all to say, look, you know, like goal scoring is a premium in this league. Yeah. And, you get paid for it. And and I think if they came to Cole right now and said, Cole, we got an eight-year deal for you, and it's it's close to what Nick is making, but it's just underneath it. And Cole believes in himself and believes he yeah. will be a 50 goal scorer or at least a 40 goal scorer in this league. Yeah. He has incentive to wait. Like so I, I, yeah, I just, there's no doubt. He we'll is see. he is the the Montreal Canadiens most entertaining and spectacular offensive player 
since Alex Kovalev. And that's why I look at I like I look at that three year kind of term and say they still have time with him to deal with him as a restricted free agent, and they could kind of say to him, "We're going to fill your bank account. You're, you're going to make a lot of money over those three years, and it's not just going to be your typical bridge deal like we saw with a guy like Alex Galchenyuk." So here here it is. So Jason Robertson at forty goals signed, and Sammy saying it's seven point seven five. Uh, and that's over four years, Sammy. Is that what the deal was? Yeah, Sammy, tell us how many years it is, or else you're getting fired. Even though, <laughs> we can't e- fire Sammy. He's the even, man. Even though you own this company, even though you own this company. All right, okay, we're gonna uh, four year deal. Four year deal. Right, okay. There you go. Four years, seven point seven five. Dallas didn't exactly save money on that deal, did they? No. They, if they come to him right now and say. Hey Jason, you, you scored forty goals. We'd, we'd like to sign you an eight-year deal. We're going to give you an eight million dollar cap. Eight. You think he's signing it? No chance. I hear you. He I hear you. Goals uh, are worth a little bit more yeah, in this league. You'd have to think that Pat Briso and, uh, and Cole Caulfield are looking their chops after that contract. All right. Speaking of Suzuki and Caulfield, did they find their complement? I mean, we've seen them play with different players. We're four games in. What did you think of Sean Monahan on the wing on that line? Yeah, I mean, I think he's perfect for right now a because he has experience playing with elite players and looks a lot more like the player he was when he was playing with those elite players than he did over the last couple of years um talking before about caulfield picking off pucks and an underrated element of his game sean monahan is so good at taking the puck away and nick suzuki is really good at it too we see him track through the middle of the ice fantastic. he's a red hockey canada style player sorry for mentioning hockey canada but i'm just saying that the the program of excellence as we once knew it yeah um, produced players that really knew how to track through the middle of the ice and if there was a template there and suzuki has clearly followed it put those three players together they're turning a lot of pucks over uh, monahan also has the ability to play uh more of a patient down low grinded out cycle style game um he has size he's a big boy he's, he's not small he's uh, not overly physical, but he certainly doesn't shy away from that aspect of the game. And uh, I just think he's got the skill and the brain to play with mm-hmm. those two guys. Not necessarily the speed, although I do think he's being undersold in terms of the way he skates because everybody's thinking about the last couple of years and what he looked like. Uh, he's not hes not a speed demon. He's not a burner up the ice. Yeah, He's keeping up just fine. And it's not like Suzuki plays at 100 miles an hour. That's not the strength of his game. It's his brain. We're talking about three really smart hockey players who play well on both sides of the puck. You talked about Caulfield's defense before, Tony, and I, I should say, like Marty St. Louis preaches, we don't want to just be playing defense when we're in our defensive zone. Do I agree he can be a better player in his own zone? Yes, Caulfield, though, is very underrated defensively up the ice and exactly for the reason that I was talking about that he's and and I hope people start tuning into this. Yeah. Watch how many times he picks off passes in the offensive zone and keeps plays alive. And that's part of playing good defense. And so you put those three guys together. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got something interesting cooking. And I, I just think we're going to see different guys play with Caulfield and Suzuki this year. But for now, I do believe that Monahan is probably the best guy for them. There might be a point where Gallagher is a really good guy for them who can do some dirty work and finish off some of the plays that they create too and create another diversion. Gallagher's sitting there like four games, zero goals, zero assists, and I wonder if people are saying, wow, this looks like the same thing as last year. It looks so different to me. He's I, I don't snake know. Bitten. He's snake bitten. He, he's, he's not getting very lucky because I'm telling you what he's producing. Yeah. And if you watch, when I did my interview with Marty St. Louis, 
I said, who's one player that you would point to that has really grabbed, like grabbed the hold of the concepts that you've been preaching and evolved in his game? And he said, it's Galley, like the way he looks. And I see it like when I watch him play, when I watched him play last night, some of the things he did, just holding onto the puck instead of driving it into the corner or straight to the net or this or that, making plays, uh, making he dangled two guys and then got a shot off on net. Like he is playing the game in a really smart way calculated way in a way that he needed to evolve in order to play and i do believe the puck is going to start going in for him and once Mm -hmm. it once it really starts going in for him it wouldn't be a terrible idea to try him on that line a little bit i hear you lynn the marie's says hey tony please give a shout out to my husband gates who listens to you often it's done salut gates hello gates come on uh gates you're a lucky man because uh, any man who has the woman uh, a woman to take the time to go on YouTube uh, on her own and say, give a shout out to my husband. He listens to you. That woman is a keeper. All right. So it's done. Someone else wants to know who's that goalie sprawled on the ice. Koivu uh, with his vintage fake <laughs> forehand, go back and then go back to forehand and score a goal. Uh, who's that goalie? In the, that's, in your and, that's Andrew Raycroft. And he has seen this painting. Uh, oh, so, Andrew uh, Raycroft. Okay. Yeah. Did you get him to sign it? <laughs> no. We'll leave the uh, the only person that signs the painting is the artist. All right, got it. Uh, Slavkowski got some advice from his teammates who wanted him to tape his stick. Is that a real thing, or is that just uh, try and uh, get out of the superstition here? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, though. Somebody was asking me on Twitter to tell him he should tape his stick. I don't know. Everybody's got a different style with that. I wouldn't mess with it. I wasn't in that scrum with him today because yeah. – I was talking to different people in the in the locker room, including uh, Arbor Jacki, for what ended up being hilarious. I was going to bring that up because I read the quote, <laughs> yeah, and it made me laugh. And since it's your work, you do the honors. Uh, it's about his nickname, and uh, it the the second he said it, I'm like, wow. Uh, say the story. Yeah, just as an aside, before I start, like this is the reason why we miss being in the room so much. You just pick up these little tidbits and are able to have these kind of informal conversations versus when we're in press conferences and zoom calls and you can ask one question and one follow-up question and everybody's listening and all the cameras are on. And, you know, I was sitting. It's one of the reasons. Another reason is that you build a better relationship with the players and in a source oriented business, it's, it's easier to make contact. Yeah, but this is so so this story that I'm about to tell you is exactly that is is exactly how you build those types of relationships. They get to know you, you get to know them and just sitting with Jack I or actually standing uh with him cuz we were told not to sit down next to the players for right now. We're right now for people who don't know, we're wearing masks in the room for a couple of weeks cuz COVID is surging a little bit and the Canadians want to be careful and they didn't want to shut off access, which is totally fine. You know, we can wear masks in the room. Whether or not everybody agrees with it is a different story. And at the end of the day, if not everybody is wearing masks around them and only some people are, then it might be a fruitless endeavor. But we do what we're told, and I'm okay with it as long as we're in that room. And in that room today, I was standing with with Arbor and just said, you know, you guys really got to come up with a better nickname for Slavkovsky. Like, Slav isn't going to cut it. And he, he goes, I'm working on it. I said, what, what's your nickname? What, what do people call you, X? And he goes, uh, yeah, people call me X. And some people are calling me Wi-Fi. I said, why, why, why Wi-Fi? He goes, well, if you look at my last name, it's usually what a Wi-Fi password looks like. It was, just, it was hysterical, like really hilarious. He said Chris Weidman was the one who came up. And he said it actually that he had kind of seen, I don't know if Weidman had seen a tweet 
of somebody suggesting they should call him Wi-Fi because his name looks like a Wi-Fi password, but it took pretty quickly and he, he that's what he calls him and a few of the guys call him that. I thought if, it was if, 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 if he didn't read a tweet and it's actually Weidman who came up with it, uh, he's got a few good ones because he's the same guy who nicknamed Slavkovsky and Mishar Batman and Robin. Yeah, there you go. So Chris yeah. Weidman. Weidman's a good one. He's pretty, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty witty Weidman. He's a very funny guy. He's a very good guy. Um, he bears the brunt of a lot of criticism in this market, but is a really good team guy. I Weidman? think everybody, yeah. I don't yeah, have I a problem with him. He is who he is. He does his job, and uh, he's not the number one defenseman on this team, nor does he pretend to be, nor is he paid like it. I yeah. have no problem with Weidman. I take him on my team. There you go. Well, yeah. you, maybe you would. Some people wouldn't, and that, and that's okay. Uh, like I, I think the Canadians really like him and appreciate what he brings. He's a good veteran in that room. He's well respected um, within it, and and certainly keeps things on the lighter side, which is what you want in, in a room if you're going to bring people together. You got to you're a family as a hockey team. You're together for 82 games, which means you're together for at least 162 days. And it's if you're averaging playing every second day, which they don't, you know, it's a little bit more time than that. Plus training camp and potentially the playoffs, which we won't see this year unless the Canadians uh, pull off games like last night on a much more frequent basis than any of us thought they might. But, you know, he's a good guy and he's a funny guy. Yeah. And he, uh, he clearly... He's got the pulse of that room pretty good coming up with stuff like that. All right. Uh, Peter uh, McDowell says that his son Aiden is a pretty good guy as well. Tony, can you give my son Aiden a shout out? Peter, it's done. And Aiden, you're lucky to have a dad uh, like Peter. All right. Huge Habs fan. He loves the show. Thank you guys for staying up. And uh, this is what we're trying to do here. We're trying to bring people together. And I think it's awesome that father and son are together right now. And they're watching us, Eric. On the show, I don't want to take up too much of your time, even though you know that I can speak to you for hours. I got lots of it. Whatever you oh, got. Good. Me, okay. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to bring it on. All right, Caden Gooley. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say, which hasn't been said already. I thought he was the best defenseman on the ice in the game, first game versus the Toronto Maple Leafs, and there was a lot of talent on that ice. And then yesterday, I thought he was the best defenseman in the game again. Uh, I thought he was the best player in the game last night. And you tweeted out something to the effect that Crosby was on the ice for 1850 and Caden Gooley was on the ice for 15 and a half minutes of that 1850 Gooley, who played almost 24 minutes last night, who picked up two assists on the first two goals, who was on the power play in overtime, who broke up a three on one in overtime. I mean, with an active stick, he was able to strip the puck from Crosby as if he was like a, a 10 year veteran in this league. He's 20 years old. Uh, he's got no complex whatsoever. And last year, I saw a 20-year-old defenseman win the Calder Trophy. His name is Moritz Sider of the Detroit Red Wings, who the more I see Gooley, I kind of see Sider. I, I see a, 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 a – look, I'm not going to get carried away. And, and you know, I, I, I'm not going to say he's pronger. <laughs> I'm not going to love when you get carried away. Go I'm not going to say he's pronger. Away. I'm not going to say he's headman. I want to preface what I say, because, you know, if you give a comparable, people are going to say, yeah, that Marinero, he said that, that Craig, Caden Gooley is the next Victor headman. I'm not going to say they're them. They're, they're hall of famers. They're all stars, but he reminds me of them a little bit. I don't know if he's going to put up 50 points the way Moritz Sider did a year ago. I doubt it. I don't think he can put up those numbers, but he's a presence. He's imposing. He's intimidating. He's confident. He's mature beyond his years. I'm crazy about this player. 
I don't know I how mean, you can't be, right? Yeah, listen, you know, him, Cider. I, I, I don't know if it's a the demented part of my brain, but I have issues comparing right-handed defensemen with left-handed defensemen. Oh, I see, I see. I got that. I get that. Like Eiserman and Sackick were always considered mirror images and this and that, and I could never compare them as players just because they – I just find righties play so differently from lefties, but that's just me and my own. Sackick a lefty and Eiserman a righty. I have one for you, though. I I think I have one. I was just – it just kind of came to my mind as I was was listening to you talk. Who, in your opinion, is the best defenseman that Trevor Timmons ever drafted. Ryan McDonough? Yep. That's the guy that I think Caden Gooley reminds me of. Steady, simple, smart, crisp passing, can chip in offensively, though won't be known as an offensive defenseman, takes care of his own end, plays with pride, plays with composure, plays with poise. Both lefties, both around the same size, and Gooley will fill out a little bit more. Yeah. Both physical. Both will be big game players. Both have leadership qualities. Uh, you know, it's a good one, Eric. Eric, it's a good one. And if I can add, that I was really the, what came to mind when, when yeah. you were talking to us now. I think the best players that Timmons drafted were defensemen: Ryan McDonough, PK Subban, Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, Mikhail Sergachev, Mark Streit. Uh, there's others. Uh, you know. If you can remember some now while I'm forgetting some. But after hearing those names, I think he had most the most success he had was with defensemen. It didn't work out for Derek Fisher, uh, for David Fisher. I get that. It didn't work out for Jared Tenorti. I get that too. It didn't quite work out for Nathan Bolia. I think I get that too. But uh, hold on a I second. I take exception with that last one, actually. Like Nathan Bolia was what drafted 17th overall. Yeah. And what, how many games has he played in the NHL? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was okay. You're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. He, he had a, he had a decent career, and he's still playing. Um, you know, and and there were times that he he was good, and there was times that he was less good. And but at the end of the day, you know, you draft beyond 15 in in the NHL draft. Um, I think everything beyond games played becomes a bonus, especially if you get to guys that graduate and play more than two, 300 games in the NHL. Like it, I, I I take exception with anybody calling that guy a bust. Jared Tenorti, looking back at it. Um, he was drafted to play in a different NHL, and the NHL just changed so dramatically yeah, year yeah, over year. Yeah. He was amazing in junior. I think a lot of people were looking at him and saying, this kid is awesome. Ottawa made a very similar mistake with Jared Cowan, who we all thought Correct. was a Correct. really, really good player. Um, so it's, it's Romanov's another one, by the way. Romanov's yeah, another it, good pick. Oh, he's – yeah, and he's yeah. only going to get better. So, look, coming back to Gooley, like, I'll agree with you on something else. Like you said, I think he was the best player on the ice last night. I don't, I don't even think it's a matter of opinion. He was the best player on the ice last night. In a game 100%. included Evgeny Malkin scoring two goals um, and, and Brian Russ having two assists and Nick Suzuki having one and one and Caulfield scoring a goal and Kirby Dock scoring a goal. And, like Caden Gooley dominated the game last night. Now, Logan Mayu is going to be another one. Yes, he is. Uh, no matter how people feel about him. And, yeah. And, he's he's going to be a good player and yeah. he's got to play games you know he's he hasn't played a lot of games he's been hurt and it'll be a good experience for him to get back to junior and start playing those games but look um you know Caden Gooley what happened last night was somewhat unexpected not in terms of the composure that he showed and his ability to play within that matchup but the fact that he was the best player on the ice you know I I don't I, I think it's it's not too early to suggest this kid is going to be a really good player and he already is one, but to see him do that 
was was a surprise. I, I think if anybody would have told you, oh, yeah, he's going to be the best player on the ice in that game, you, you might have looked at them and been like, let's calm down. Let's let's take a pill a little bit. He's he's not Victor Hedman. You know, so, like, the fact that I love Luke Jelena of RDS just asked a great question, you know, riffing off what Marty Samuel had said in camp that, like, you know, we're looking at players' floors and their ceilings and we're trying to blank, bring their floor up so that they can inevitably meet that ceiling. Um, Caden Gooley's floor is here. It's it's not here. <laughs> it's me. here, and it gives you so much hope for what his ceiling could be and the fact that he could actually hit it based on where his floor is right now because for him, in his fourth NHL game, um, and let's not forget that he's, he's playing hurt. <laughs> he's playing hurt. Yeah. He got hurt the other night. I asked him last night, I said uh, – was there a chance that you were not going to come back in that game? And he paused and said, um, oh, there was some evaluation going on and we made a decision together. Mm-hmm. was able to come back and he said he feels great. Like, you know, nothing's wrong, but you know, he's playing through some pain right now and he was the best player on the ice last night. And That's incredible. Included those superstars. So like, yeah, it just gives you so much hope for what could happen in the future. There's going to be bumps along the road. Um, and, and it was. It's hard, you know, without knowing Gooley all that well, though he mm-hmm. does have a history of being this composed kid. You know, I had a moment with him yesterday in the locker room before, um, right after he met the media in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, and he was so almost emotionless in saying all these things about Sidney Crosby being one of the best players of all time. And, yeah, it's somewhat surreal and exciting, but he didn't look at all overwhelmed by the idea of doing it. But then he sat down and I, I saw him shake his head a little, like, like it almost dawned on him. Like, this is a big deal. This is not a small thing that's about to happen here. It, it actually is surreal. One of the greatest and, players of all time, Sidney Crosby. There's no doubt about it. I just sat down next to him. I said, you know, man, like Austin Matthews, Dylan Larkin, Alex Ovechkin, now Sidney Crosby, like, welcome to the NHL. And he uh, he shook his head again, and he said he's, he's leading the league in scoring. He's got six points in two games. Like, he had – he was paying attention, you know. Like, yeah, of course he is. So you could tell he's a student of the game. Like you could just tell the way he plays. You know that he's a student of the game on and off the ice. You can tell. Like, you but I loved, tell. I loved this moment with him, Tony, because yeah. to me it was like, okay, he is a kid. You know, like he's got this persona and he's got this personality that he, he just seems like he's thirty years old and he's been playing the yeah. game for like 300, 400 games. But he is a kid, and there was a little moment there where he was a kid, just thinking about. Oh man, like this really is Sidney Crosby who's coming here tonight, and I'm going to be playing against him. Not like Slavkovsky is going to be playing against him and doesn't see a shift against him. I'm going to be playing against him for most of his shifts, and like I better be on my game. And like I, I love that because that was like a genuine. Okay, he is 20 years old, and there's going to be moments, believe it or not, despite what we saw last night, where he does look 20 years old. Uh, the the fact is though is that like Marty was saying and, and Luke Jelena had asked this question you know what what do you think the floor is and where's the mm-hmm. ceiling like the floor is so clearly high at this stage of his career and if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan you should be so excited about that and I, I you know if you were nervous about him getting thrown into this fire and about his development um, here's one guy where this is actually the right development course for him that he's not going to be hurt by the fact that he will make his mistakes and will look like a 20 year old at some point. So right. I think it's all gravy. Uh, Tony Marinero, the sick podcast with Tony Marinero's task cam equipment. 
is supplied by Ericsson Audio, the choice of musicians, engineers, and broadcast professionals. And we really appreciate them setting us up with the audio equipment. Thank you very much, Ericsson Audio. All right. Uh, speaking of players, uh, you know, uh, catching people's attention, we already know that Nick Suzuki has, all right? I mean, he's he's no longer, um, you know, he's, he's the real deal and everyone knows it. But uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the Pittsburgh media yesterday during their broadcast. But when they talk about his hands and his ability to steal pucks, guess who they compared him to? I don't know if you had a chance to read this or come across this. I'm guessing it's Sidney Crosby, but go. It's go. A, he's a former NHLer. Okay. Pavel Datsu? That is absolutely correct. <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I put Nick in that category, although I do think he sees the game in a very similar way and has a, um, a skill set that is really something to marvel at, and it's only going to show more and more as we go along because he's only 23 years old. Um, you know what I like about Nick through the first four games of the season? doesn't look like the weight of the captaincy is too heavy for him to carry, um, even mm-hmm. in a season where the expectations are – justifiably low and he's going to have to deal with the pain of many losses and having to deal with that on a day. Like he's carrying himself more confidently within the room and with the media. He looks more comfortable in that situation. Um, but most importantly is what he looks like on the ice, despite having missed all of training camp. Like and, he, and, and, and he's so smart, eh, Eric, like you can tell it's only four games and the Canadians are two and two. But you can tell already the answers that he's going to give the media. He's not going to put the team, the coach, or anyone in a bad spot. Like no, he's, he's he's very he's very very smart. But I just very think if you're if you're a Canadians fan, you should be excited about what you see from a performance standpoint. Not that you shouldn't expect it, given what Nick Suzuki is, why he signed that contract when he when it was given to him, and why it was given to him at that time, and what he's shown in terms of his ability. But there is a lot of pressure on this kid's shoulders. And just like Gooley, the composure is there to deal with it. In fact, I would suggest that the reason they made him captain this early is because they believe that the pressure brings out the best in him. And we saw that in the playoffs where he's a higher point producer than he is in the regular season so far throughout his career. And you're seeing it right now to start the season where it could have been pretty difficult for him out of the gate considering he missed all the training camp. So that that's what impresses me with Nick Suzuki. And I think it's, you know, one of many things that's going to continue to impress me about Nick Suzuki. Cause he's just got, he's got the whole package. He, I, Tony, I'll say this and I'll be bold about it. I see a player. A lot of people have said that he'll never be a 90 point player in the NHL. He'll be more yeah. than two way. I, I, disagree with that and i do believe that you think he he's going to put up the points he put up the points in the ontario he, hockey league he might not this year but he will be more than a point per game player at some point in his career and probably soon and it very well could happen this year um and i, I just i think his ceiling is higher than a lot of people have anticipated um and yeah you know he only put up 61 points last year is that what it was um, but it's 39 points in his last 41 games under he, Marty St. Louis as coach, and that equates to a 78-point season. Yeah, and he will – He will. I think people look at him and say that's what he's topping out at, and I think there's more to it than that. Eric, awesome show. I know we're getting great feedback from everyone on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free from Facebook, watching on Twitter. Eric Engels of Sportsnet, who made us all laugh today. 
when Jack Guy told him that his nickname is Wi-Fi. And you know what I thought about, Eric? As soon as he said that, and as soon as it was reported, and you reported, and you put it out there, I said, I bet you a bunch of people today are going to change their Wi-Fi password to Jack Guy. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's happening. Although I, you know, well, I'm worried and, for those people. And 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 you know what? If if they're going to modify it a bit, they'll just put Jack Guy and then his number, right? Thanks so much, Eric. We'll talk to you soon, my man. I really enjoyed this conversation. Always fun, Tony. Take care. All right. There you have it. Eric Engels of Sportsnet. When I was working radio, I wasn't allowed to call him because he worked for the competition. Now the beauty is I have access to everyone at Sportsnet, and I have access to everyone at NHL Network, and I have access to everyone at ESPN, and I have access to everyone at Tivia Spot, and I have access to everyone at BPM Spot. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. All right. Okay. Why don't we do this? Uh, I'll talk to you about Playground. They have over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal? Now, I'm going to get to the messages next, and I'm going to get to those. I'm going to give you the number of one 585 sick one 7425 If you want to pick up on what Eric and I were talking about, you want to talk Habs with me, you want to talk Kirby Doc scores a great goal set up by Sean Monahan in fantastic fashion, but Doc was terrible in the faceoff circle. We can talk about that. A great pass from Jonathan Drouin, who finds Caulfield. We can talk about that. Uh, Slavkovsky going to the AHL soon, yes or no? Well, you'd have to think that when Armia comes back, Slavkovsky's the easy guy to put on, um, on to send down because he wouldn't have to go through waivers, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I knew that was going to happen, by the way, but that's what happens when you go live, right? Uh, in a studio, you can actually hit the cough button and no one will know that you just sneezed. But when you're live... You're live. It's a beautiful thing. It's okay. It's natural. Um, Vithorsan says, Tony is doing overtime tonight. Yeah, I am. Uh, by the way, this is when you can tell when someone really loves their job. When they're going to overtime or they're doing overtime and they don't care because they don't care. Uh, Tony, is it double pay during overtime? I can actually guarantee you uh, that uh, it is not double pay when we're doing overtime. I am paid basically uh, a fixed salary. Uh, which is minimum wage. Uh, it's actually a little bit. I'm not going to tell you. It's a little bit more than minimum wage. Uh, but anyway, I'm paid a fixed salary. No, I'm not paid extra to do overtime, all right? But uh, I'll do it anyway. You know the way you double shift your best players? Well, you double shift your best podcaster. That has to happen, too. All right, okay. Uh, thank you for the content. Says Chris Bergeron. Thank you, Chris. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, the big spoke says maybe Armia to the Rocket would be better. Well, he'd have to clear waivers, so that's not going to happen. Uh, Aramia can't replace anyone right now, says Gaetan B. Thank you, Gaetan. Steve Lunny says, sick Eric Daryl. Uh, Daryl says, sick. Uh, Steve says, sick. 31 Habs fans says, sick. Renny Rivera says, sick. Um, Carly Price says, great spot. Alex O'Connell says, sick. Evan Moscovich says, great interview. Thank you. Well, we can thank Eric. Guy Thibodeau, I didn't do anything. Guy Thibodeau says, uh, sick Tony. Um, Eric is sick coming in from Renee. Uh, Tony Sinem already coming in from uh, Simon. 
Uh, I have signed them. He's a, he's a full-time collaborator. He's going to join me once a week. As a matter of fact, it's going to be on Mondays. But because Eric works when the Canadians play, yesterday on Monday, he was working. So tonight on Tuesday that he's not working, he joined us on Tuesday. So he's always going to be on once a week. You ask the questions, Tony. No, no, you ask the questions. Why, why would I ask the questions? You're sick, Tony. Sick, I tell you. This coming in from John Smith. Thank you very much. John Moscatel says sicker. HDR says sick, sick. Renny Rivera says awesome. Thank you very much. Anthony Montecalvo says sick. Darren Moran says sick. Ryan Baker says sick. All right. one 585 7425 If you want to talk to me, now's your chance. Because yesterday, as you know, it was very difficult to get a phone line because it was immediately after a game. Tonight, it should be less difficult. Agnello and Sammy, a master control, put up some questions, please. Let's go. There's a, there's hundreds of questions here. Put them up. Pierre, look, is Jake Evans going to stay healthy? Only he knows. I can't predict the health of players, but um, I do. I can tell you this, is that in previous years, he got dinged because when he was skating with the puck, his head was down more often than not, and he's improved in that category. I hope he doesn't get hurt because uh, I think he's had like three or four documented concussions that have happened in like a span of two and a half years or whatever it is. And having suffered from concussions myself, I can tell you it's not fun. As a matter of fact, it's hell. I had a really hard time sleeping. I had headaches that were terrible, especially when the weather would change. Still to this day, I have to sleep and cover my eyes with a scarf, put a neck warmer on this, not to top it all off. I got sleep apnea and I got a CPAP machine. So uh, it's not a pretty sight watching me sleep with that uh, CPAP machine, that full face mask. I wake up with the strap marks in the morning and stuff like that. I go to bed, I put a scarf around my eyes. I put a neck warmer on top. It gets uh, pretty hot in bed and uh, it's it's all because of the uh, uh, the uh, the neck warmers and, uh, and the scarf. So uh, concussions are not fun. They really are not fun. You end up for being very forgetful of a lot of things and uh, your life changes. And, um, you know, I couldn't sleep and um, doc suggested I take antidepressants, even though I wasn't depressed, but he said he would calm It would calm me down before sleep, but he did warn me, uh, change the way you eat because by taking these pills, you're going to be hungry all the time and you're going to be putting stuff in your mouth all the time. And that's exactly what I did. And I didn't listen to him. And uh, I gained about 50 pounds in about seven or eight months. And uh, that's it. Can you tell us how you got your concussion? My first one, my son was about 10 years old or so. I was watching one of his games, and uh, it was in uh, Outremont at a field called TMR Rec. And, um, you know, all the parents were standing up against the fence because there was not a lot of space anyway. Instead of being behind the fence where you couldn't see, everyone was standing up against the fence. And my wife sent me a text message. So I turned around, I looked at my phone, and when I turned around, the ball was coming in. It was one of those toe kicks, and it was coming in like a line drive, and it hit me right on the side of my face. I went down. I got up, pretty embarrassed. I tried to get up as soon as possible, and uh, the whole, basically, uh, the field was spinning, and everything was spinning. And the uh, next day, I woke up with a terrible headache. I thought nothing of it because I suffer from migraines. I thought it was one of those. And when you have a concussion, you're supposed to stop working, turn off the lights, be in dark rooms, drink a lot of water, no sound, no light, no noise, no nothing. And I was continuing to go to work, continuing to go to the Bell Center on the press box, those loud sounds, the DJ blasting the music and stuff like that, going to work. 
And one night after the post-game show, um, I went to the hospital and I, I I couldn't take it anymore. And they gave me intravenous, told me I had um, a headache that was rebounding that couldn't get out or whatever. And they just said, take this. And I felt better that night. And then the next day I felt awful again. And then somebody recommended I go see a physio or an osteo. And they looked at me and they said, the alignment of your jaw is off. And I said, really? And they said, did you have some kind of impact to the face? And I said, well, about a month and a half ago, um, I said, actually, I got a ball that came straight to my face and they didn't think anything of it. And they said, well, your jaw is, your alignment's off. So uh, most likely you suffered a concussion. So I went to a concussion clinic where they did their concussion testing and they were able to confirm that it was a concussion. But by then, uh, the damage was done because I had worked through it for about a month and a half and that's, you don't want to do that. So that was really bad, but I never suffered a concussion before in my life. So I didn't know what it was. And then, you know, because I had put on so much weight about a year later, uh, family and friends were asking me if I want to play in a pickup soccer league. And uh, the score was three, three, and there was like two minutes left in the game and the other team was scoring and I didn't want them to score. So I headed the ball off of the line basically. And I got the symptoms again. And then number three and number four, I don't know. It's just you kind of like lose control of, um, I don't know how to explain this, but certain things that are automatics, like, for example, just lowering your head and getting in your truck, for whatever reason, you just don't lower your head and you end up hitting your head. So I hit it once. And then I was taking water bottles and I was putting them in my fridge, the whole case. And when I went from kneeling down to getting up, I hit the top of my head off the freezer, and I suffered another one. Uh, okay. Um, are you a fan of Aglio, Linguini Aglio Olio saying Adamo Sacchetti? Of course I am. Of course I am. Who isn't? Um, others coming in, why do you put a scarf and a neck warmer around your eyes? Well, it's... it's. Um, let me just try and say this. Even though there's no light in the room, I kind of see a light, and unless I actually force my eyes closed by putting a scarf around them very, very tight and putting the neck warmer over, I can't close my eyes. And if I can't close my eyes, I can't fall asleep. Uh, it's not fun. But other than that, my life is great. And you know what? I, I just, I'm going to stop talking about this now because there's, there's, I got a really good life. I do. Um, I miss my son who was in Spain, but I got a great life. Uh, Chris says, what score do you give new management on 10? Uh, so far, it's hard to give them less than a 9 on 10. I think they're doing pretty much everything right. I mean, uh, part of me kind of wishes that this team was a little bit weaker so that they would automatically finish in the basement again. Uh, but other than that, I, I, I just, you know, 9, 9.5, because no one's perfect. So no one's going to get 10 on 10, right? Other messages coming in. When the 2D Edmondson and Matheson are healthy, who goes down? Um, that's an interesting one for sure. I'm going to say this. I like Jack Eye a lot. If they insulate him, he's helpful. Um, but if he had to go out shift after shift against top two lines, I think that's a jump that he's, I wouldn't say not ready for, 
but some extra seasoning can help him out. But he's got a dimension right now. You need him in the lineup without having Edmondson because you're losing out on a lot of physicality. Uh, says Gaetan B, even Tony won't get a 10 on 10. Um, uh, yeah, I think, um, no, even I don't deserve a 10 on 10 either because I, you know what? I, I drop the ball every now and then, so I'm not a 10 on 10. Um, but I do believe I'm the best in the country. You know, don't hold it against me, folks. I think, you know, I think you have to think that way if you actually want to be good at what you do. You know what I mean? Um, when I started off, I wanted to be must listen to radio. And it was, you know what? Uh, at one point, people were saying, is it 10 a.m. yet? Is it 10 a.m. yet? Is it 10 a.m. yet? I was must listen to radio. I, I don't know how many other people have that effect on a listenership where people say, is it another time yet? They did that with, is it 10 a.m. yet? And this is what I want to accomplish with the podcast where people are saying, is it 10 p.m. yet? So um, having said all that, I think I have another gear or two that I didn't get to. I think this podcast has a couple of gears that it didn't get to. We're still ironing things out. And this podcast is going to be unbelievable at some point. It's, I think it's, it's pretty good right now. Um, you know, if you take a look at the, uh, the ratings that come out, and they come out all the time since we started, consistently, if you take a look at all the ratings every time they come out, um, I think we're most people's favorite Habs podcast that is out there. And that makes me very happy. And I want to let you know, it's going to get much, much better. But, you know, I can't do it by myself. I needed you from day one. I needed you year one. I needed you year five. I needed you year 10. We're in year 20. And I need you again still more than ever. Without you, I'm nothing. I'm not stupid. I didn't forget that. And I never will. As much as... You know, I come across as a little cocky and arrogant and stuff like that. But that's it's part of my persona, too. I kind of like add a little bit every now and then type of thing. More uh, messages, because I don't mind going overtime, even though uh, Neil's not going to play me. Uh, if your son ever plays in the World Cup, would you want him to represent Canada or Italy? Um, I would want him to represent the country that will reach out to him and want him first. So, you know, they're both Canadian. I love for them to be able to play for the Canadian national team one day. Um, I can tell you that, you know, whether it happens or not, I don't know. Only time will tell. Uh, when they were small, we joked about them both playing together on the Canadian national team in 2026. Uh, and in 2026, Anthony would be, 2020, uh, would be 23 years old. And uh, Marco would be 21 years old, right? We joked about that. Who knows? You never know. Uh, maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, I think what's important is they're both following their passion. Anthony's playing professionally in Spain right now. Um, Marco is still playing at the amateur level. Uh, he just came off a monster season where he's um, the most prolific goal scorer of any 17-year-old who plays for an amateur club in the country. Uh, his team just won the league in Quebec. They won the Quebec Cup and they won the Canadian Nationals 
last week. So his team actually won the best team in Canada, which is a pretty cool thing. And Marco led the tournament in scoring, so uh, and scored in the final game. So I'm I'm one proud father for sure. Um, my message to them was find your passion in life and uh, do it with all your heart. And if it ends up getting you uh, to a national team one day and it ends up getting you to a World Cup, that's absolutely unbelievable. And if it doesn't, but you grow up to be fine men and you stay out of trouble, that's just as good. That's just as good. All right. Um, where are we going here? Let's let's get to some more messages. And yellow, just please keep on throwing. Don't let me ask you for the messages. Just keep on throwing them out there, okay? I know you want to probably go to bed and stuff like that because you need your beauty sleep. I do not. Agnello, can you come on for a second here? Agnello, can you come on for a second here? Hi, Tony. Yeah, how are you? Everything good? Good. Now, you and I talked today, right? Yep. Probably about, if I give you a number, you tell me if we talked more or less, okay? Go ahead. Ten times? More. Yeah. Probably about 15 times we talked today. Yes? So, so before you ask me the question, yeah, the reason I don't like putting up, well, Sammy doesn't like to put up the, uh, the questions. Yes. Because when you're talking, he doesn't want the sponsors to be covered. So he waits till you finish. And you then put, you, you and see, and, you're and, and this is why he is CEO of this operation. Right. This is why he's been running his own social media company for the last eight or nine years. This is why he has 6.5 million followers on Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all that stuff. And, and I have a hundred thousand because he's smarter than me today. I called you. Right. And yep. I said, Agnello, you got to do me a favor. When I ask for messages, you just keep on throwing them out one after another, and then you take them off the screen after I ask the question, and then you come back with another one. You said, okay, no problem. So obviously you hadn't talked to Sammy. Oh, so when I you told came Sammy, home, you told Sammy, and Sammy told you, we're not going to do that because yeah. we're going to be hiding the sponsors at the bottom. The sponsors at the bottom of our of our banner of our screen. Brilliant. Brilliant. This is this is absolutely brilliant. You see? <laughs> see? Now. I have another question. Go ahead. Is there any way, Sammy, that when we bring up the questions, we can bring them up and that they don't uh, go over the sponsors? Uh, the program won't allow that. Oh, the program won't allow that. No. Is there any way that we can put our brains together and come up with our own program? Because then we would be making money. Well, we can try. We can try. Yeah, we can try. Okay. Never How many more questions you want to get to? There's a lot of questions left. By um, the way, I think tonight was one of the best shows since we went live. Really? Awesome, awesome show tonight. Listen, Eric's a, Eric, Eric brings a lot great. of information to the table, and uh, he's, 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 uh, he's a great communicator. Good. He's a great communicator. So, look, remember the meetings we had about who we bring on board and which collaborators we want and which collaborators, you know, we don't want and who we're going to bring on and you know, obviously, if Eric's a collaborator on our show and Marc-Andre Perot is a collaborator on our show and George Loak's going to be a collaborator on our show and Stu Cowan's going to be a collaborator on our show, uh, and there are going to be others, but those are going to be pretty much full-time collaborators who are going to join us from time to time. It's because, you know, we deem that they're great communicators and they have content and they bring stuff to the table, and um, that's it. He made the cut. What can I say? He made yeah. the cut. Mark says it's a sick show. Gaitas says Eric is awesome and very humble. 
Um, the Thurston says, and it's not even a game night. Um, Eric speaks good French, says Pierre. Look, he does. He's a, as a matter of fact, he's a collaborator on uh, BPM Sports on Martin Lemay's show, which is the drive home show, the afternoon drive show on BPM Sports, 91.9 FM uh, on your radio dial if you're in Montreal. All right, a couple of more questions, and then I'll call it a night. If you had to bet, would you say Slavkovsky stays after 10 games or goes to Laval? I'd say Laval. If I had to bet, I'd say Laval. By the way, I've never made a better bet than that one. The draft. I had Slavkovsky at one, Simon Nemich at two, Logan Cooley at three, and Shane Wright at four. Uh, finally, a bet that I won. I was very, very proud of that one. My wife was pretty excited, too. All right, okay. Um, and, folks, you know, if you're going to bet, um, take it easy, right? Just put yourself in trouble. Just don't go chasing. Just kind of what I do is I kind of say, you know what? I'll call in a couple per year, and I kind of use it. It's kind of like entertainment purposes for me, right, type of thing. Uh, others coming in. Oh my God, that's genius. Why don't you get PK Subban? Uh, I'd like to, um, I I'd, I'd like to get PK Subban for sure. Um, without a doubt. Um, a hundred percent. I mean, I already reached out to some of his people to whisper in his ear that I'd love to be able to get him on the podcast, but guess what? The entire world wants PK Subban to be part of their podcast. And so does pretty much every TV network that's out there that covers hockey. They want him to. He is a very, very hot commodity. And uh, I don't know. I just, I would imagine that he's going to go to uh, a very, very big network. Uh, others, PK would be great on the sick podcast. Yeah, I know that. Rene says, apparently Wright has a bad attitude. Well, that's what they're reporting, but I don't know. I haven't seen it for myself. If Monac keeps on playing good, do you sign him? How much and how much uh, term? This coming in from John Kolokitas, 28 years old. You know, if he's playing good, I'd be willing to go to five times five. I don't know if that's going to cut it, though, because UFAs, of course, they all want to have the long-term deal. But it all depends on where the Canadians are with their rebuild and how it's coming along, right? That's what it all depends on. Once again, I okay, the sick podcast with Tony Marinero. Gooley has been great, but is there a danger of overhyping him talking about the Calder Trophy and comparing him to previous great Montreal defensemen. This coming in from Milan Weekly Pod. What's the danger exactly? The danger is is that, uh, you know, his play drops a notch and he doesn't end up playing like some of those players that we talked about. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think there's any danger. I, I really don't, so... Grant McCagg is the name that came up. Julian, yes, Grant McCagg is going to be one of our collaborators. He's going to join us, and we're going to talk about young players, especially during the World Juniors, and we'll talk about young players and stuff like that, and especially before the draft. Uh, he's going to give us a lot of input on young players because, obviously, that's what he does with Recruits.ca, his own independent scouting agency. Uh, on that note, I want to take the opportunity once again to thank all the great people that bring us the SICK Podcast. Energy Transportation Group, Mike Cinquino, Sean Gerard, thank you very much. In terms of branding purposes, 
Uh, I do this show with passion and energy, and I think people can feel it. And I'm glad that Energy Transportation Group is behind me, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. The Geloso Group, 8.6 Beer, Intense by Nature, they were our very first sponsor on the program. Thank you for your support, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. And Lacage, if the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you go back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. I was there a couple of nights ago on Sunday night with my buddy Fast Phil and his son Matthew. We were watching CF Montreal in a big 2 nothing win versus Orlando City on goals by Ishmael Kone and Jordi Mihailovic. Speaking of which, CF Montreal is going to play the defending MLS champs, New York City um, FC, and they're going to do so on Sunday afternoon at Stad Saputo. It's a 1 p.m. start, and we've been told by the organization that it is once again going to be a complete sellout. Isn't that good news? And I got my spot in press box row, and Tony Marinero will be in the building as well. I look very much forward to it. As I look forward to talking to you again Tomorrow, same time, same place. Follow us on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Twitter. The Sick Podcast goes live Monday to Friday, starting at 10 p.m. Eastern or right after the Canadians game. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for supporting. Together, no one's better than us. Together, no one can beat us. Together, no one will beat us. It's marination. We're an army. Double shift your best players. I went overtime. You went overtime with me. You love me, I hope. I know I love you. Thank you. We'll talk to you again tomorrow night. Tell your friends about it. Say, you got to watch this podcast. (laughs) It's sick. And so is the host. That would be me. Buonanotte a tutti. Ciao, everyone. Good night. Bon suarietus. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you.